carpal tunnel syndrome from slashing. You go to a doctor, he goes, oh, how'd you hurt your wrist? Well, I was uh, slashing skins with my voice. (laughs) All right. You're more polite than Sean. Welcome to Tales from the (laughs) Ditch. Don't you cut me off. (laughs) This is my moneymaker, my retirement egg. That whole four dollars we got. Mm. There you go. Tales from the Ditch, sponsored by the Rapture, uh, Newports, <laughs> Jerry Falwell, uh, Diversity and Tolerance Award, the Joel Osteen for Integrity and Preaching Award, um, Sean's Nipple. Who else is sponsors? Creflo got- Dollar. Creflo Dollars of Budgetary <laughs> College. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rob Bell's textual criticism class available now. <laughs> Best adaptation of a non-fictional book. Universalism yes. today. Very universalism today. Oh, Sean, you want to talk about what grinds your gears, or we want to introduce our guests? Let's introduce our guests. Introduce our guests. We have here today the most distinguished pastor, Jason. Jason, you're a pastor at the Sparks Church, which is where I call my home. Rivals of the church that Seth <laughs> that hey. pastors at. Um, and uh, you've been a pastor there for like three years now? Yeah, three, give or four take. years. I mean, you've been involved there for much longer than that. Yeah. And kind of in the unofficial role of pastor, but you've been... Uh, had the pastor title for like three years. Something like that. I'm horrible with times. <laughs> and what uh what are you doing now? What's your what's your pastor focus? Pastor focus is on those that are hurting and broken and crushed in spirit. So Sean. So Sean, yeah. Oh gosh. And in that we I primarily provide care uh, for their past, for their childhood, uh, working through those memories, looking, yeah. looking to have Jesus heal in those places. So you do soul care, which I'm on the soul care board for Reno. Um, cool. More importantly, though, you're a lay elder, which means he's awesome, and we do what the staff guys do, but for free. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. And with less free time. I feel like I have this blue collar pride, so I have to constantly remind people, I'm like, well, you know, I worked a shift today. We all worked a shift today, but I, for some reason, <laughs> talk like I just came back from the docks. But <laughs> it's true. It's a good time. You have some blue collar pride stuff. Oh, absolutely. I have a, I have a strange, difficult class war mentality <laughs> that I can't get out of. Jason. I think they call it anarchy. Yeah, yes. What about <laughs> you? Growing up, uh, was your family just – so we've talked to you a little bit, but was your family growing up – give them like a feel for it. Uh, yeah. Uh, white collar, blue collar, lower middle class, lower income. I, I say lower income because there's a difference between lower income and dirt poor ghetto like let's just yeah. hope no one's knocking on the door for Bill. Where was your family kind of at growing up? Uh, for most of it, we were lower income. We – I grew up in Lemon Valley in a in a trailer park on a dirt road. So yes. Lemon Valley, to set the stage, is like we have a famous trailer park 
in the Reno area called Sun Valley, which Sun I Valley. think is like one of the largest trailer parks in big. the United yeah. States. Yeah, I have family there. Yeah, but Lemon Valley is like a Sun Valley per, for people who don't like neighbors. Is it? Would you say? Is that? Yeah, correct? it's a little more spread out. Towards the back of the valley, you have a good number of people that are into horses and livestock. Yeah. The front of the valley is a little more densely populated. Mm-hmm. I never saw a guy in Lemon Valley chasing chickens while his house is on fire. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I did see that in Sun Valley. That's true. Lemon Valley just, I don't know if I saw horses in Sun Valley, really. I saw like motorbikes. Stuff um, like that, but. My time in the 70s and 80s, it was mostly a lot of um, biker gangs, uh, motorcycles. That was my dad, uncles, and mm. and their friends. What, was it a particular – well, if you can't, that's fine. Was it a particular crew of bikers? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Aryan Brotherhood. Aryan Brotherhood. Okay. Wow. So they're an uh, interesting bunch. Yeah. Uh, they like specific people from what I remember. Just Pretty ex- pretty exclusive. Pretty, a little, not a lot of uh, Jewish uh, Filipinos in that, I would assume. Right? Yeah, yeah so. no. Oh, that kind of Aryan. I thought you were talking about the uh, the heater brand. No. <laughs> no. No. I thought they were all passionate about those products. How Now, was your dad in there the whole time? Just- no, he was in and out. Okay. Um, my dad was in and out of um, Juvian stuff since he was like 10. And then he kind of grew up in and out of jail and prison going forward. Religious guy? He found Jesus in his cell. Jeez, there you wow. go. Man. Um and when he when he got out that time some things started to change in the family. So how old was he at that point? About twenty four, twenty five. Twenty four, twenty five. Okay. Yeah. So that is your dad still in Reno, Jason? No, my dad passed away several oh, years sorry. ago. How many years ago was that? Seems like eight, somewhere around eight years. He um he died of a drug overdose. Oh jeez. Dang, sorry. Why'd That's you a- bring that up, Sean? <laughs> You're so rude. Gosh. That's unfortunately that lifestyle. I mean, I all I know is anecdotally, but I married into kind of a biker gang lifestyle, and that is very common. Absolutely. And it's it's funny because when you talk to people in that lifestyle, they say, you know, I'm I've picked the life for me. This is a life for me where nobody can tell me what to do and yeah. I'm I'm choosing my lifestyle and, and I'm finally found happiness in this. But they're still seeking some type of happiness and and, and drug use almost always is, is seeking after that happiness. And it's like if you found that happiness, why do you gotta why do you have to do drugs? Right. I what mean, are the drugs for? Most of, most of the bikers of the day were claiming they were looking for freedom. Mm-hmm. And ironically, what they found was um, oppression and drug addiction Jeez. and dysfunctional families. Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, there's a void, a huge, huge void um, that we all have. Just some are more aggressive about how they seek to fill it. It's so crazy that a freedom from boundaries can become slavery. Because we think, like, any boundary, any law 
his slavery. But if you think of this, if someone like says, no, you have to, uh, I think it was Ravi Zacharias. If you say you have to practice this piano for a few hours a day and you go, well, that's not fair. I'm bound to this. But if you do that every day, you end up being good at, it, you gain a skill and suddenly you can make this beautiful, amazing music. And it was by being limited, having boundaries, being bound to something, being told, no, this is a structure. You have to be here this time doing this thing. Yeah. And it's funny how you can actually say, I want no laws, no free, like no boundaries, and actually be like, I'm enslaved by the chaos I've thrown myself into. Just, it's so, such an interesting paradox to go in freedom. I found slavery. That's just so crazy. Yeah, it's that. in that submission that you find freedom. Jason, so that's, that's kind of your old man. Where were you? How'd you grow up? Like, where did that take you? Where did you go to? Like, and, and so obviously spoilers. So Jason loves Jesus. He's a Christian, but I don't think that was always the case. So where did you kind of, where were you growing up? What did you get into? What did you lead to? What did you kind of, you know, how'd you, uh, we say this in soul care. So your dad was doing different things. How did you interpret that? And who did it kind of like mold you into growing up? Yeah. So. My dad had an extreme dichotomy going on. I think we all do to some degree. He loved Jesus and he wanted to be transformed by Jesus. And yet his his addiction, his brain chemicals, his nurture or lack thereof, yeah, um, shaped him into a violent, aggressive man. Okay. So how does that affect a, a little sensitive boy? It's quite crushing. Yeah. So at one point, well, for most of it, physical abuse and verbal abuse. Um, I wasn't allowed opinions or emotions. And that was all under the guise of don't be a girl. Yeah. <sighs> so how did that form me? So I had to stop being so sensitive and caring. Yeah. And I overcompensated with a false self. Yeah. The false self was tough, on top, smarter, bigger, faster, and much meaner. Yeah. Which is crazy just to kind of explain who you are now. And once I met you, um, <clears throat> you are sensitive is the wrong word, but emotive and you can, you can sense emotions and you can also express emotions to people in a very gifted way that, that most people Absolutely. can't. And, Absolutely. uh, and like, and to the point where I can tell that you were created in a way that you relate with people and relate to people on an emotional level that most people cannot. And it, like, you're very gifted in that. And so it's so tragic when you talk about that, hearing that that was something that you had to put aside or even hide <laughs> knowing that because literally like I would, I could honestly say if there was more Jason's around, uh, the world would probably be a better and less, uh, angry and discomfortable place, you know? Well, that personality is not rewarded in that environment. That's what sucks is, yeah. If you grow up, all right, if you take, uh, everyone always uses Compton or something, but like if you even take Detroit, it does not foster atmosphere. It says, oh, 
We just want critical thinkers who are emotionally sensitive. They're constantly like his men just expressing through tears, through vulnerability. It's not really reward. Same thing, Hell's Kitchen. But if you walk up and hit a guy with a bat, you will have guys like patting you on the back. Like, yeah. you're the man. You're tough. You, you, you can even in your head hear like, I'll never have to be a victim again. I can, you know, I can hit first. It doesn't reward it. And it sucks because it's almost like seriously, like taking, um, a classical painting and throwing it at a steel mill by the sparks and fire and going, Oh gosh, it's not doing well. This environment is not made for it. Yeah. It's not all. I think about the fact that like we were made for a garden and then we're surprised when we like walk with our feet, we stub our toe. It's like, it's because we're made for a garden, not to walk on thorns and brick, but we've had to callous our feet and callous our hands. And, and you had to callous your soul in a way. Cause, cause that's not reward. My, my dad didn't reward me for that. He, he said the same thing. I remember I cried and he was like, don't be a girl. He goes, just seriously, like just stop. Cause he had, he was tired from the graveyard shift. And, uh, I remember that and just went, well, I'm not a girl. So I wiped the tears and just learned. I was like, all right, this is who I gotta be. It didn't, you didn't get reward for that. Like you grow up in Watts. They don't go, man, dude, Tyrone's so emotionally vulnerable. Like we should make him in charge of the gang. He's just so, he really yeah. hears our enemies. <laughs> he, he builds us up. He like, doesn't tear us down. <laughs> do you feel like, you know, when we, we talked to him, do you feel like you're truly heard? And they're like, yeah, no, it's, there We're, are 10 year olds who, uh, uh, there was a book called Monster. It was about a guy who was discipled kind of by Tookie Williams from yeah, the Crips. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, his initiation was at 10 years old. You know how he goes and blasts those Crips with a shotgun? That's reward. They didn't want a poem about Maya Angelou. They wanted him to shoot some bloods. It's just, yeah. oh, that environment. Ugh. No, it's, yeah, it's not I need rewarded. to pray about what Jason has already said. <laughs> it's not right. rewarded, but it's needed. Yeah. But oh, somehow you have to break through that hard layer of... Uh, you know, aggression and violence and, and hardness and get through that so that you can actually start to treat their soul. And that's so hard to do. Yeah. It's, it's really an attempt to seek the wholeness of a person, mm-hmm. all attributes of God, his image. Yeah. That if we neglect any part of his image within our own selves, we are not being our true self. Amen. And so for, for many men, they get an identity and blocking out all of their emotions and being a warrior. But that's if you believe what a warrior is according to today's society. Right. It's, it's far more difficult to cry with people, to laugh with people and be there day in and day out than it is to lecture, preach and shame people. That's right. That's true. So my main challenge was as I grew up, my wife started telling me that I was probably going to need some help because I had a soft side and a hard side and they were struggling really bad. Hmm. So she had recommended some counseling with an assistant pastor. We were at a First Southern Baptist church. Oh. Um, I wasn't so like excited about it, but it was getting to that point where Mindy would really like me to go. 
What, uh, so you had to basically say, okay, I'm going to create this false self. This is who I'm going to have to be to survive. Um, where'd that lead in your teens, kind of that age? Where, like, okay, yeah. kind of paint the picture of how did that lead up to Christ yeah. or what was the path up to Christ? So, early on, I learned that the aggression or my my mental or bodily strength actually got me more accepted. Mm-hmm. So my father vicariously lived through me via sports and through fighting neighborhood kids. Okay. Wow. So football, wrestling, track, basketball. Jeez, man. Wow. So you're... I did uh, like two of You're those. like the jock kid. I had no idea. I did those two in fencing. I was a mixed <laughs> salad. <of sorts. laughs> I uh, I could literally hang with several different crowds. Mm. Um, I lifted weights, got strong, got fast. Was a running back in football, did well. Dang. Wow. But those that I felt closer to were those that were struggling emotionally. Mm. So me and like the new wave kids, <clears throat> the punk kids, mm. and the goth kids, that those are the people I hung with. So I could bounce back and forth hmm. between the groups. You were a triple threat because that's the that's the kid I feared the most. He was cool and punk and understood obscure bands, but instead of just hating the football kids for being physically talented, he also could play football. Those were the worst. Those were the ones you that are you were Sean's kryptonite right now. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Sean. <laughs> no, it's all right. But much of that was false. Um, sure, yeah. I had I been given options from my dad as to what I might want to do and what I'd be interested in, I would be more musical and artistic. Hmm. That's interesting. I'd write stories, write lyrics. He just happened to force me into it, and we found a little bit of genetics there. Were you ever in a band or anything like that? Or? Yes, I was in a band. I was the basically the growler. Awesome. See, <laughs> see, I could, see, I was nervous about actually singing, but in the punk band, they're like, well, just yell. I was like, oh, I can do that. I can be loud. I was like, Sean's mom has told me I'm loud my whole life and to shut up. So I was like, I can do that. I was like, everyone's parents tell me I do that already. I might as well make an album. Remember, we got a demo going. I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. But, it was awesome. Yeah, and I, mean, I wasn't sober. So there's that. But. I had so much angst in there that the hardcore punk scene really fit what I was looking for at the time. There you go. It was acceptance and it was physicality. Back then, what would you say was your like favorite band or your kind of your main squeeze as far as music goes? Back then, it was a band called Husker Do. Husker Do, there you go. See, um, DRI. Oh, oh wow. wow! All right, that's what I see. Yeah. DRI. Oh gosh. And then uh, I was friends with some of Seven Seconds. There you go. Did you know? Rest uh, in peace. They just broke up, by the way, dude. So sad. Who who'd you know? Was it Kevin or was it um oh, what's it was Kevin? Who was the bassist? Something dang it. I, I took care of his kid in the after school program. Oh really? 
It was something, not Soul. He had one of those stage names, you know, like a last name connected. But I took care of the kid at the basis. I only met Kevin once, but it was just, he was in a hurry and like, hey man, that's cool. Yeah, cool. Good. And just walked off. I was like, like all their songs. Yeah, I was like, I, I think I just had a discussion with you. But all right, so yeah. you knew Kevin. And- yeah. So when I was younger, for some reason, I really related with the angst that Henry Rollins had. Dude, that's, that's another- what I was going to say. I, I pictured you. I thought he was going to say flag. Black Flag. Yeah. 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 So, it's kind of that anger rock. Yeah, that's the that's the good stuff that gets deep down into my bones. Well, what about the paradox of that? Because Henry Rollins also wrote like poetry. That's the interesting thing. So he's he, a philosopher. He so. had that tough guy thing, but like you're like, well, you write poetry. He's like, I know, but I'll still hit you in the face and talk about politics. And you're like, okay, so. that's his false self. You think? So? Oh, see, see, we're doing soul care for you. Henry know, right one now. of my favorite books. <laughs> Uh, you know, I know I said Neuromancer was my favorite, but a com- a competitive one is the his spoken word "Get in the Van" by Henry Rollins. Mm-hmm. That one's dope, it's man. so good. I just I can listen to that or read it anytime, over and over again. I love it. How old is that book? Twenty years now. Because I want to say 20? he still was like a little more active in the music scene. Because now he does more of the spoken word, the more philosophy poetry he'll like talk he's a jack dude he's kind of big man i love all that dude he's awesome he's a great he's so good playing a cop or a security guard too because <laughs> he he literally <laughs> figures of authority yeah he 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 can parody it or something he's so good at that he remember liar mm. dude yes <laughs> What Henry Rollins? I thought had a friend who got shot next to him or something like that. There's he had, he lost a friend. I thought yeah. he had something tragic happen because they fired and went past him. Yeah. I think he had what would you call it? Survivor's guilt, kind of like because he saw something. I remember something crazy, but yeah, some know. level of PTSD with it. But so uh, at what point, like, what point did Jesus come into picture? What was the catalyst well, for that? Well. What most people don't know is I was saved when I was six. I did not know. I've only smoked with you, so I don't know. Really? I'd say, where was it at? What was the situation? So when my family were doing the best they could, yeah, clean for a period of time, my dad became a pastor, and... um I would either be at his church or his friend's church. It was during one of the worship songs. I couldn't control the tears, and I couldn't move my body. Wow. And I I felt the Holy Spirit, like, palpably. What's messed up about it, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing messed up about being saved. But my dad thought I was jerking around in church. Oh, okay. Jeez. He thought I was making fun of everything. Yeah. So he did that, like, Vulcan grip. Yeah. That dads can do. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Told me to quit it. Then we got home. He had me pick my branch off the tree. Yeah. Oh, no. And beat me with that for, like, ten minutes. But... The grace and all that was that after I put my clothes back on, after the the whooping, I went to the Lord in prayer. 
and felt his love and warmth. Jeez, man. Uh, that's crazy. So that's my salvation story. So all the time I was angry and being against other races, if you will, um, you can imagine the turmoil inside. I was not racist, never have been. But it was a group that liked my skin color and my anger. Hmm. Okay. So that was another part of the false self was, okay. Absolutely. Hmm. You said uh, this was when, you know, you were in a stage when your parents were doing the best they could. I hate that saying. And I hear my parents say that. Or I hear everybody say that. It's an enabling comment. It is. The best my dad could do was ignore me. That's not the best. That's like mediocre. You know what I mean? The best that my dad could possibly do was like leaving while I needed him emotionally or something like that. That's not his best. That's like uh, an acceptable (laughs) amount that he knew how to do. Yeah, whatever his experience was. It's certainly not the best he could do. He could have done much better, I think. And I bet your dad could have done much better, too. Yeah, he, he mine couldn't. He just, <laughs> I, I'm just accepting him for who he is. No. <laughs> mine, mine created a big um, performance trap for me. Oh, yeah, I believe it. So I spent most of my life looking to be affirmed and worthy. Ugh. So that's, that's, that's what my dad caused. Yeah. Gosh. What what was his dad like? Did you know anything about him or no? I did, yeah. Um, he was in the um, Royal Navy. He was from Scotland. Um, he was tatted, like, head to toe. That was when I first started liking body art. Yes. Hmm. My dad was tatted as well. Hmm. Um, his dad was an alcoholic and used to beat him as well. Jeez. He was also a master mason. <clears throat> so you I don't know how familiar you guys are with Scottish rites. No, I thought you uh, were talking Freemasons. What's up? Oh, well, Sean does. Go sorry. ahead, Sean. Oh, so sorry. So, so sorry. Uh, yeah, I have a gra- great-grandfather who was not master, but some strange level. And it's some weird stuff. It really is. And so basically how that ended up for my dad was... My grandpa drank every night himself to oblivion, and then he would abuse the family physically, verbally. And so my dad came from that, and that caused my dad to have to go to a detention center at 10. That started his his path. Wow. What do you think now? You talk about it was a false image. The whole idea of white supremacy, of all that. Um, so, obviously, you go, okay, that wasn't really why I believed. What was it about this group of people? Because I know you say, okay, they liked me, but I'm guessing, and maybe I'm wrong, were there any, like, tough dudes in that group who maybe were older than you or stronger? Guys who you kind of went like, oh, man, like, they're cool, and their acceptance meant a lot to you or their affirmation. I mean, I wasn't sure because... I know sometimes yeah. in crews and gangs, you'll have some older guy who's just like, we believe in you, we're your family, and they build you up, and you're like, man, right. I'd do anything it's for It's the him. grooming process. So, um, yeah. 
I was at a gig, um, and we were doing, you know, basically a lot of moshing. Yeah, yeah. And because of my athletic background, I did fairly well in the pit. (laughs) And it was there that um, a guy, we, at the time it was United Front. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he saw me, started talking to me, and started getting me interested, and then said that I could be a leader in the movement. Jeez. (sighs) It's kind of the stories I hear because I was never approached (laughs) because I I tried to get you in a gang I was never a physical specimen. Yeah, but it was never because they're like, hey, we see potential in you. Yeah, it was was more steel stuff. You're my friend, and I feel like I owe this to you. But Sean filmed me getting jumped in. No joke. He yeah. filmed me. We should put that oh, you did? on a podcast. He notes. did. He I almost jumped in. and I Mine think was not did. filmed. <laughs> yeah. Mine was quite the surprise. I didn't know what was going on. But um, well, yeah. While it I seems, was first oh, getting, sorry, while I was getting to know this group of people, um, some of the females in the group would on the side occasionally talk to me and say, you seem different. Huh. You don't seem quite like this is your thing. That's oh, really? interesting. Wow. And so um, I would get comments like, well, you do caring things, so this doesn't really seem to fit what we're doing here. Or you're so good at the tango, and you're like, yes. <laughs> tango. Yes. <laughs> it'd, be more, it'd be more like do-si-do, like... <laughs> I am the worst dancer on the planet. The form of a tango. <laughs> I can dance. It's just hardcore dancing, which is not dancing, which is assault. I can assault. There's That's some, I've I can seen do. some good hardcore dancing. I can. Yeah. Of, I can offend. I can, yeah, I can. I can offend people. <laughs> but continue, Sean. I was just going to say. It seems like those recruiter guys, mm-hmm. or or uh, you know, visionary leader guys, are a little predatory. What? With, with uh, choosing people. Chicken hawks? Um, yeah, maybe that's the right word. I, was just, I don't know. I was just quoting American history. Lingo. Oh, yeah. Ex-American history acts. Um, it seems like they find, like finding somebody who is tough isn't necessarily like the top of their candidates list. It's finding somebody who's tough and who is emotionally damaged that they could convince to hmm. take a take a high role in this does that yes, sound right you're much more impressionable yeah yeah exactly so you can be conditioned much easier if you want to fit in yeah and like like you're saying even if you don't even truly believe you're not a true believer you still can be molded into at least doing what a true believer does and yeah, I ended up replacing my leader. Wow. Jeez, man. So you can see how the enemy works in terms of making you believe so many lies that you become 180 of your true yep. self. And so to clarify this, United Front is essentially a skinhead gang. It is, yeah. And you um, you were kind of into the punk scene because you're more creative. That's the only reason people ever get into the punk scene, I'm sure. And you... I just um, wanted to make my Republican parents angry. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't that deep. But, you know. And you had all this angst 
Yes. And they essentially they were just the ones that got to you first and could meet Jeez. you on a level that you needed. Yes. Would I you mean, say? Yeah, I mean in in, in terms crazy. of being able to vent your feelings, vent yeah, yeah. your beliefs and your thoughts. That's what many children want to do mm-hmm. ultimately is to be heard. So it could have just as soon been like Antifa or something if it existed back then. Anybody who comes and says, Hey, we like the way you dance hard <laughs> and yeah. we want you to be. If they group. were aggressive in nature. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Wow. Yeah. Because I needed to get some things off my chest verbally and physically. Hmm. And it was through the music of questioning the government. Yeah. And not being a yes man of the government. And, um, thinking for myself, that's where I landed. That was my, those were my core beliefs early on was why, how come, why Mm -hmm. I don't take anything at face value. At some, speaking of that, at some point you joined the Marines. I did. Yeah. I was being investigated by the Reno police department. (laughs) Because of United Front? Shout out to RBD. Yeah. They're, um, <laughs> <It's> my boys. <laughs> they had placed a, um, the lieutenant, the investigative lieutenant's son into my group. Dude. Wow, really? And I had been training him and we had been doing things that were Whoa. inappropriate. Really? And then I had started dating Mindy and Mindy started telling me that. I don't want to sound crazy, but there's people here, like, following you. Wow. So we'd go to Comstock. I don't know if you remember back in the day. We'd go to yeah, just go do our thing, down, like Keystone area and stuff, yeah. and get our food. There was a guy that was around me, like, pretty much wherever I went. And you thought he was part of your crew? No, I knew he was not. <laughs> oh. His son was. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so there was also a white van that went around. So I'm assuming they were trying to listen. Oh, wow. That knows what that's like. And so when Mindy noticed this and I noticed (laughs) this, I started praying to God again. Oh, wow. Because I, what I felt was that, I guess, not to be overly confident, but I felt that maybe the Holy Spirit was communicating that I could be in in a pretty wrong path had I gone forward. Yeah. No kidding. So I, I prayed, um, that night I had a dream that I visited a recruiter. Jeez. Huh. Right. And then the next day I went and saw a recruiter. Wow. So you were dating Mindy before you joined the Marines. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And she did not care for my, uh, views. <laughs> yeah. I believe that. <laughs> because she too had explained to me through the years that I was not, I was just not, I was opposite the leader of a racist. Jeez. Right. I, Sean's, uh, I broke her heart. one of Sean's family members, I, um, and it is the grace of God. I was trying to talk to him about, um, just striking up a partnership. Um, 
and I got arrested shortly after, which was grace to God because it was I was trying to bring my crew to the next level of like, okay, not just like bats and knives anymore. Like we need to change right. it. And I remember, I think you were over there. The helicopter came over, and he <laughs> yeah. started flipping them off. I'm like, uh, I don't know if they're here for you, man. Because yeah. I just because because they were, dude. They were tracking me. They uh, they finally got me. Yeah. Right? But it was a great time because if they hadn't got me, it would have gone worse because I was like, this is the next level. It's no, because I was kind of inspired by when I'd hear stories of like uh, Boston or New York or even here Salt Lake. Or then if I even heard of like crews outside of hardcore, like Mexican mafia, like Crips, I'd hear that and go, that's a real gang. Like we need to step it up. And that was my next plan. And I got arrested. I was like, that was, it was Plus, the grace like, of God. Sons of Anarchy. Jesus intercepts. On TV. I think that, <laughs> Sons of An- that helped a little bit. Look, Jax has a great butt and all, but no. I'm just saying. So many butt shots in this show. <laughs> so many. Um, the, the director's like, we have to get his butt. They will not understand motorcycle culture unless you say- see that crack. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Chad? That's right. You saw it. I you see paused it. it. You had on pause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all think he's handsome. Come on. It was it was really the hook for a lot of females. <laughs> I just want to say, like, as a public service announcement to the Arena PD, uh, sometimes you're not as subtle as you think you are. <laughs> when you fly a helicopter over with a guy with a camera in it, uh, we know that's you. <laughs> and probably when, I mean, there's a lot of white vans hanging out around the tri-state area, there but is. when you, uh, have a sniper when you have rifle a white the van <laughs> with a new paint job and, and execute, exempt, exempt plates. Place. Yeah. EX. I we know. Who know you yeah. We know that's you. <laughs> a car going two miles per hour, like yeah. on a 40 mile per hour or, or dude, they had, all right. So we were, <laughs> this is a good, we were at a concert. And, uh, cops, uh, drove by just to talk crap to us. Um, someone had been tagging, I won't say his name because I want to get his permission, but it was free so and so because he was in jail. So they tag free so and so and put his name. So you drive by and they slow down to five miles per hour. They go, Hey, D bags, free so and so. And he spits out the <laughs> window and like flips us off and drove away. I was like, how rude, good sir. Like, I have tried to enjoy a hardcore concert, and this constable of the law drives by, lewd hand gestures, and I got in a fight like 10 minutes later. The but internet I- was so bad for that. The cops thought they had, like, the corner on the internet, yeah. and we had that Reno scene forum, remember? You would just post details. Like, yeah. It, well, yeah. people would be like, hey, guys, I'm wondering where... Where can I get some weed? Yeah. I'm looking for some weed or some cocaine. And we'd be like, okay, Officer Smedley, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> we know it's you. Yeah, maybe at 5-5 right? Fake Street. And like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, this is our big break. <laughs> Gang unit art. I will say this. Look. Because yeah. <laughs> people are – got to be real. Can I be real, gentlemen? Can I yeah, – I hope so. All right. So I do appreciate many cops whose God has put authority in place. I get that. There were police I've met along the way that I feel like if you're a certain person of society, they pick up some of how culture views you and that like uh that translates over to like this. If you say, um, I've done this to women and culture views you a certain way, the cop's not gonna be perfectly separate from that. He might carry over some of those feelings culturally in how he treats you and talks to you yeah. because yep. he's been programmed from the news, you're a scumbag, you're irredeemable. 
when they hear a gang member or white supremacist or anything like that, I feel some guys were more likely to go, I'm going to twist that handcuff a little tighter. I'm going to slam your shoulder a little faster. I'm going to raise my voice a little quicker. And I think part of it was they thought, all right, this guy probably thinks he's a tough guy. I have to start out strong. I can't let him get the upper hand. They're matching your aggression. But it's like there was times where I'm like, I'd meet such nice cops, but the second it was a gang situation, much more likely to say, I will tase you in a heartbeat. I will blah, blah, like so quick to jump because, yeah, matching the aggression. And they have to take you seriously. Like they can't go, well, I bet they're not as bad as everyone says. They had to, if the news said the guys I'm with are bad, they had to go, we have to treat you like that. And they would, that's where sometimes the depravity would come out where I'm like, dude, you got your foot on that dude's back. He's already done. He's already listening. He's we're done. Or or even saying like we had a friend whose leg was busted open. We'd fought some Tongans. His leg is just bleeding. And we tell him like, hey, we think his arm's broken. Leg is busted. Shut up. They're twisting him. Put him over where his leg is against the pavement and it's split open. So all those rocks are in the wound. It's cruel. And yeah. it just and it's not it's not to tell people, hey, you know, I hate the police. It's to say like, um. I've seen depravity brings out depravity. It really does. Like it brokenness just brings out more brokenness. And yeah. it's, and you saw, and this doesn't deter from the good cops. We got guys at Reno and Sparks who are awesome police officers. Of course. But you're in a terrible situation that's high stress. And especially if they're not following God or have no community or support or any type of hope bringing them out of that, all they have to come home to is getting drunk and thinking about all the people they dealt with. And it just, I, I've just seen that depravity brings out more depravity. Like sin never brings out like, oh, sin brings out the best in people. It's like, no, God brings out the best in sin, but sin brings out the worst in men. It just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys seen that, but to your health. Yeah. Cheers. I definitely think I saw it one time where this guy was like, I can't breathe. Turn me over. And the cops were like, shut up. I saw a video, yeah, I saw a video of a guy getting the guy, the cop, and, and to the police department's credit, they apologized and fired the person. He took a 15 foot running star and kicked the guy in the face. He was handcuffed on the ground, head down. And the other cop even looked up and went, dude, chill. Like, he even was like, it's done, but just running start kicked him in the face. Basically but, a soccer kick. Yeah, yeah, soccer, perfect example. And I think the person was a gang member and just, Cop, it's not to dehumanize it. Cops are not exempt from the struggles and biases we have in our society. It's, Absolutely. I mean, ask people how they feel about child molesters. They go, oh, kill them. Yeah. And just, I don't, I don't believe that cops get the proper soul care. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was they are, they that. are dealing high in PTSD. Yep. And then you add that to their upbringing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This and without good. constant care. Um, these things happen quite easily. Yep. I was just going to say that the, like, the most realistic and, uh, well executed, uh, movie I've ever seen is called Lethal Weapon. <laughs> and think of, Dang no, it, I, thought, I thought you were going to say Training Day. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know it's, it's like a silly character cop buddy movie, but literally, like, there's a psychiatrist there and she wants to help. And he goes, okay. And all he does is make jokes about the psychiatrist and tells yeah. her that she's an idiot. And it's like, literally, just like you were talking about being a boy or being a uh, young man, like aggression in lethal weapon, aggression is the answer. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, like the truth is like having that well balanced and, and maintained and healed soul should be like the starting point for when you go out on the street and Amen do to that yeah. same with ministry. Oh yeah. Yeah. They don't, well, and think of, so I, I don't envy their job. They, they do have times where, cause people totally. ignore it. They have to go domestic dispute of a woman who doesn't want to press charges. And it's the third time this guy's beat him and she pulls a knife. They have to pull someone over. And it's the 10th time today. They go, we're going to see you. Okay. Or to make a decision in half a second. So it's like, but I feel like our society can't have a complex situation of saying, Hey, I can appreciate and desire cops to flourish and thrive while at the same time, look critically and say, okay, where are they not thriving? Where are they broken? Where do they need care? And also where do we see depravity coming through? Because you, if you think of it, put a person without God in a high stress situation, tons of responsibility, a weapon that can kill in a heartbeat and people who are immediately matching your aggression go, Oh, that'll be fine. There'll never be depravity. Something will never go wrong. It just, it's an animosity that most of us can't relate to. No, I feel like we can hold both. We can say, I want cops to flourish, but I also want them to be healthy and look at the brokenness in the system and that it's not wrong to say, and can we have accountability because accountability will reveal the good cops and it will hopefully Flesh out the ones who go, dude, it's yeah. it's not just a bad, good, but uh, you're broken. Maybe you shouldn't be in the system as an agent of it. It just like bad judges. That I, should really be part yeah. of the psychological test. I, I would think so. It's I would have no problem if my brother was a cop, but some of the guys who went to call high school with me, no. They were psychopaths <laughs> yeah. like I was. Like serious well, sometimes still am, but it's like they were nuts. I wouldn't want them with – I wouldn't trust them with a potato, let alone pulling someone over. They would shoot ten times for a person waving at them. Like it's just – Well, a lot of sadists go into law enforcement. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys ever see that Choir Boys movie? Which was that? No, Who's in that? They had like this – they called him a black glove cop. His name was Roscoe Rules. He was like the sadist cop. Harry sounds interesting, yeah. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not great. It's almost like a – it's almost like a parody of a cop movie. Is but it a it's period like piece, serious. like seventies, eighties, nineties, late seventies? I think L.A. Uh, Everyone gangs up I on LAPD because that's the one be that LA. had so many. Remember. L.A. and New York had all those corruption charges. But either ways, it was just like those. Uh, it was just like explained really well, like because we know people who have been cops, and they we were have. leading worship. Yeah. Before they were cops and, and talking about how everybody is beautiful and created in the image of God and yeah. that everybody has the same struggle with sin. And then once they become cops, and I think this is part of my cop animosity. Oh, no. Once they become cops, they say, well, time to go do another day of, of cleaning the trash off the street. And like, I need to find some people to put down so that other people don't get put down. And I'm taking out one person instead of take instead of them in taking your experience. All right, in my experience, some of them totally, in your totally, experience. Totally. I can I'm not name saying ten you did. I'm not saying. Oh, just no, say no, you I'm hate cops. You so not long. Saying that. I'm just. You saying, have a shirt right now that says I hate cops. I'm saying we know no people, pants. and do we not know people who have said those things who were worship leaders? I before, not might leaders. know the reference you're talking but about. But my point is that. Might is the clause. This cho- <laughs> this choir boys movie kind of explains that all. 
That's that's all my point. You it, seriously? It's a, it's a, it's, it's I've hard to find. I put up with your crap for eighty five years. It's hard I to find, know. listeners. If you can find it, go watch the Choir Boys. Not for the faint of heart, by the way. I want to get back to Jason, and here's the thing <laughs> that I realized, Jason, as similar upbringing. I don't think I was lower class. I don't think my dad was ever hitting me with a switch or doing anything like that. And I don't think I was ever completely did he um, hit you with anything though or he hit me with things but i don't it sounds just like don't downplay don't your downplay pain. i'm sick of it well i don't want to stand. i don't want to minimize your experience and compare myself to yours because everybody's different and i had my own thing but what i'm saying is this i grew up in that punk scene never being good at football or back or any sports or anything like that and always hating the jocks because you know, I didn't like them, and I didn't like their stupid. A lot of them pants. were bullies. Yeah, and and they were just like, I felt like they were unfairly attributed value when I wasn't. And so, flash forward to being an adult, myself being an adult, and I lean on the wisdom of guys like you, and you especially, and I realize that I'm just like that jock, thinking that everything his football coach says is the gospel. You know what I mean? I, I can't trust my parents. So I go to the football coach and I say, Hey man, how do you date a woman? How do you do all these things? You know what I mean? And I'm just as like pathetic as this caricature caricature I've created of jocks in my head is. And so at what point, and maybe if you can describe the transformation that occurred right now, we've talked about you're in the Marines you're still you're running essentially from the law kind of uh or trying to avoid the law by going into the marines you've had this experience where you prayed to god and you're and you're wanting to change this stuff can you describe when and how that transformation took place and maybe what the peer what the entire period of that time was like and how long it was okay if you can i so. was i was 22 and like i said mindy we were married in the marine corps you were in the Marines for how long when you got married? We got married before the Marines. Oh, okay. Yeah. About six months either. prior. Wow. Um, my counselor was a female at the church, and then my other counselor was the assistant pastor. The female was most effective with me. Because at that juncture of my life, I hated men. Wow. So my vow that I made subconsciously or unconsciously was that no man will ever dominate me. Wow. So as I'm going through this counseling with this female, females have always been able to speak to me better than males. I have a soft spot for females. It's because of how my mom was treated. Jeez, yeah. And so, this lady eventually was very kind and heard my story, but she started to call me out. She would actually call out my false self. At the time, it was persona. You name it. What am I fronting with right now? Hmm. And she had discernment. 
And it's the gift of discernment that breaks through a lot of walls with people. Hmm. Is that you can hear their story and all their blabbering, but you can actually see through them. And so she saw through me. And sometimes she would not go forward in the counseling until I admitted that I had been fronting. Jeez. Wow. So she would call out my personas. She'd say, okay, right now you're the nice guy trying to please everybody. And a little bit earlier, you were the tough guy that never hurts. She would call those out. And it was then that I felt the Holy Spirit and Jesus working a healing and a softening. Wow. Um, I ended up, she ended up being very, very effective with me. Um, I personally have had a total of 14 years of counseling for myself. I don't say that to brag. I don't say that, that it's prescriptive, but that is what the Lord planned for me. Did that start while you were still in the Marines? The yes. counseling? Yes. Wow. That does make you better than Sean. Just so you know, it's, it's okay. You're like, it doesn't, make, but it does. And that's okay. Sean, Sean I'm working a, on 13. <laughs> I didn't have a soft spot till after I got married and I pawned some weight. So I had, <laughs> It was, what was it? Now it's all over my body. <laughs> then that counseling with her for a couple of years, and then it was the birth of my daughter, Kayla. Oh. Yeah, that changes a lot, huh? Only everything. So Jeez. the true me, with all of its might, needed to express his love for his child. And it was in this unconditional love that I had for her that the Lord started showing me that he has that love for the rest of the world. And that what I have been feeling superior to and inferior to were his children. Wow. So through counseling, through my daughter, through Mindy's endless support, I started transforming back into my sensitive self. And how long you guys been married now? 28. Jeez. Wow. That's awesome. That, see, in that, I, I think this is why we do a disservice sometimes to a gospel. And I say it's about heaven, too. Like, you talk about the gospel and you go, well, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. What else? Well, it's just sins. Well, but you're a new creation. Like, you're made new. And they go, well, but sin. I go, I know. I'm on board. What about the fact you're an heir? You'll reign with God. He's making you new. He's yeah. making you like Christ. You'll love like you never could. He's healing you. There's so many things. Same thing, because you bring up heaven. They go, well, an eight-year-old in a book said that uh, you go there and there's candy and everything's nice and Oprah's like dancing. I'm like, how late? We're talking about heaven, and that's the best we can come up with. Like, I feel like there is a way to say the gospel, not to compromise or try and make it hip, but to just do it justice to say, Instead, just, well, he did bad things, he died for him, now go be alone and read the Bible and try not to be gay. It's like, <laughs> it. how about this? Like, God, with Jesus resurrecting, and he writes this, is saying, I'm doing something new, I will make all things right, I'm going to redeem it, I'm going to justify everything that's ever happened, where you'll look and go, no, he's made it all right, he's, he's 
righted all the wrongs. He's made everyone redeemed. He's taken away the pain. He's brought us joy. And we'll live in this new heaven, new earth, where it's beautiful, it's ecstasy, it's whole. And all insecurity, all pain is just a myth. It's a legend now. And actually do it justice because, like, it's not just what Jason, he saved you from. It's what he saved you too. So we can say, well, he saved me from this. Yeah, but he saved you too. Be a shepherd to speak to people where you can actually speak shalom into their soul because you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Like every time you speak God's truth, you are actually giving them a piece of shalom to their soul that's in this world of chaos and pain and evil. And just, I don't know why we can't get creative with that. I don't know why we're so scared of, it's almost like we're scared to hope. We're scared to actually like get excited about how beautiful it is. Cause I think heaven seems too far off. So we don't want to get our hopes up because you know, uh, I have to go work tomorrow and if I get too excited, it'll just make it that much harder to wait. And the gospel, I think we're almost scared of it laying us down. So we don't want to talk too great about it. But it's like, let's hope. Let's actually talk about like, no, how good is it what he's done with Jason? Like, Sean literally is just the worst. And God is, <laughs> no. Like, Sean literally was a guy I told about God, baptized, and then I wasn't following Christianity. And how wacky that when I get out of jail, Sean lets me live with him. And it was his love as a friend. And yes, I said love. Yes, men can actually show love to each other. Word. Like, gay. Yeah, Jonathan Back and David. They're like, that's so lame. Well, dude, David and Jonathan loved each other. And David could put you in the ground, man. It just. Yeah. It was from this real, true love of a brother. And God worked through that. Well, why don't we do that justice and say, well. I've done bad things. Jesus done good things. Y'all are doing good. Let's all try to watch Kirk Cameron. It's get like, over it. <laughs> yeah, get, it just so much American mixed in there. Not enough kingdom. Not mm. enough. He's a king. Like seriously, the king of the universe goes. I declared Jason my kid. I'm like, why aren't we more excited about that as opposed to like, hey, have you heard the McRibs out next week? I'm not. <laughs> hey, Kyle Wetzel loves McRibs. It's, it's fine, but it's like. Why Why do you get more excited about the next movie sequel, but not the fact of like, like Sean can look at me and go, oh, my friend's not going to hell. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I yeah. would think. I think it's cool. I'm biased, but. You talked about like that, Jason, when you talked about the culture's definition of a warrior. Yeah. Um, and we think of a warrior as like the stoic, uh angry, aggressive person. And, and for some reason we can't see a warrior as somebody who has a, any emotion yeah. or love or anything like that. When, yeah, our examples of warriors are, like you said, King David who chopped off 200 foreskins. I mean, that is exhausting to chop that many ball sacks. That's exhausting. Dude, I don't think it's the ball sack. <laughs> Oh, I thought took uh, once again, too. your homeschool anatomy <laughs> has felt either way. I uh, thought that's why he carried the four skins in was the ball sack. One child. He, He's a one skin, two he, skin. He couldn't find a bag, so he used a ball sack <laughs> and then he stuffed it with four skins. That scientific term oh is coin gosh. purse, Sean. Oh, dude, coin no. purse. What he carry him in? He's not going to just have some Philistine. Foreskins his hand, you had to have it in a sack. There's plenty of bags, sacks back then. I think it's because I was nervous to say the shaft. It felt okay to say sack, but shaft. You gotta, this is it part felt of, uncouth. This is part of, of kind of experience. This is the last the time we let Ryan Smith write the script for our show. It's okay, it's okay to say shaft. Is it? It's okay. Because I'm not talking about Seth, it's okay shaft like Samuel Jackson. Shaft. It's okay. 
Don't you do this to me. It's okay to say If you goodwill hunting me, I will stab your tongue. Okay. My point was... The uh, shaft, not the ball sack. I'm sorry. Not the coin purse. No, I slashing shafts. I like the idea now. I think that's a good hermeneutic. You said 200. That's 200 shafts he slashed. That's my point. That's a lot. It's not easy to slash a shaft. Think about this. You got to put it on a... Carpal tunnel syndrome from slashing. You go to a doctor, he goes, Oh, how'd you hurt your wrist? Well, I was uh, slashing skids with my boys. I was cutting some dick. I need some bike, dude, because I kept slashing the shafts trying to get them four skids. (laughs) Come on, Sean. Continue with your point. Please. That would cause a repetitive motion carpal tunnel. And the doctor's like, I don't know, just stop eating bacon. I'm just, uh, I'm unpacking this right now, as Matt Chandler would say. I'm packing the truth of that. Are you tracking uh, with me? I'm tracking with you. Go ahead. I think I get triggered by the word unpacking. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Anyway. Anyway, I was going to say that there's a good book by Stu Weber called Tender Warrior, which again... When you say that to somebody, they go, well, that sounds gay. But it's actually, honestly... Is it a good book? It's a really good book, and it's a really good example of, of comparing how culture says um, uh, how culture says masculinity should be and comparing it to truly how we were created, including characters like David and Abraham and even Jesus. So why has the culture given this book the shaft instead of like supporting it? <laughs> I'm well, done. I'm question, though. I think we're kind of turning a corner a little bit in some way, and it's yes, probably yeah. overcorrecting and maybe a pendulum swinging a little too far. But we have this hipster movement where dudes are supposed to be a little more emotional and a little more sensitive. And we also have movies like Warrior, which was great movie uh, about a USC fighter, I don't know, loosely based on a couple of characters in the USC. Yeah. They're but broken, hurting men. They're, they're like exactly. very like, and it talks yeah. about the the difficulties they have to overcome, and the difficulties aren't physical fighting. The difficulties no. are they have a screwed up dad. Yeah, and, and Dude, you that, have to get over that, that movie. Stuff. Yeah, and so I think we kind of are maybe starting to turn a corner, or maybe we already have turned the corner as far as cultural awareness of masculinity goes. But I'm curious. Uh, did you at any point have to find Jason? I'm asking you, did you at any point have to find like a balance? Is there a point when you ever have to say, Oh, at this point I'm being, I'm being too emotional and I have to pull back from that or something like that. So with the, the paradigm of the whole soul or the whole person, All emotions given by God through his image are good for us. Hmm. However, when you balance it with other scriptures, that men are to be the head of their wives. But it goes on later to say, you need to really respect and love your wife. Yeah. Yeah. That there are times where a firmness and a godly confidence is required. Mm-hmm. And when I say godly confidence, you'll notice that the qualifying word is godly. 
This means that in what the Lord has taught you and shown you, theologically and anecdotally, experientially, mm-hmm. that there are times when some things have to be corrected, some things have to be organized, and there's a time to lead. Mm-hmm. And it's this balancing. It takes wisdom from God to be able to balance this whole man. Yeah. yeah. It's what I call the integrous man. Having integrity in all aspects of his life. Yeah. That's good. Not yeah. denying any certain emotions, not denying any real thoughts, not denying tears, hmm. but rather there's a place and a time for everything. Hmm. Sean, do you feel like Rod is more professional than Shaft? Does that work better? Like, do you guys feel like that would go better with the sensors, a.k.a. us? I feel like hey, you could say you could say pillar, pillar, Bill. I feel like biblically speaking, Song of Psalms, or, um, Song of Psalms, the Tower of David. <laughs> yeah, the, the, if if you use the analogies used in the rest of the Bible, I feel like they would arrive at some word better than raw. I love or how shaft. the Bible is It'd be so like dong or something. The Bible <laughs> is so dirty in some places, and we try to be cleaner than the Bible. The Bible like it's talks true. about yeah, we try to they so. had. It says, all right, I don't care. It says, go ahead, it goes, get into they it. had ejaculate like donkeys, and we go, uh, they had special. Emissions. Yeah, emissions like animals. And I go, no, dude. They're talking about donkey dongs and like disgusting things. Like just say, yeah. they chop up a concubine, and we go, uh, they cut up a lady of the night, uh, with yeah, butter knives. Yeah. I'm like, no, they went crazy. They are depraved, broken humans, and yet you're scared to see a Kirk Cameron movie where he says, damn. Yeah. That's like, the thing. I'm just saying, the yeah. Bible, dude, judges? Just don't even talk about Nineveh. So, oh, oh Nineveh. They're like, uh, they want to have a snuggle party with the angels. <laughs> it's like, dude, why are you trying to be cleaner than Jesus? Yeah. Because Jesus came into a broken world, and you're going, no, he came into a PG world to save some people who weren't as great as they could be, and the really bad people who are the Democrats, and he's going to do this, blah, 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 and that's the story of the Bible. No, he came into a Preach broken, it. terrible this is a world where kids are slaughtered. Terrible world. And you know it's terrible. And he's like, I'm going to make this right. He didn't come into a PG world to make a G. He came into this terrible, broken, mm. beyond rating, a place where you go, there is no hope. Give up. And he said, I will bring the hope. I, yeah, you think it's whack. A, a, lot, a lot of times what you're speaking of is Christians to the nth degree out of their discomfort create a theology or a philosophy that is unbiblical. Yep. Yeah, and the Pharisees essentially did that. They did. I don't even know when it started, but at some point... I think Second Temple period. I I would imagine, right? Because at some point, it was like like these stories of David, stories from Judges. Like, all of that stuff was, was pretty raw and serious. And at some point, we... We started to say, like, <clears throat> it's nothing more than reverence. hedonism. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Explain that. I don't understand. I'm kind of I think curious. it explains itself, Sean. I'm not Christ- gonna, no, go ahead. Sorry. Christian comfort oh, in the yes. eyes of God is the same thing as hedonism. That it's so pleasure true. seeking and it's comfort seeking. That is very true. Okay. I've, yeah, I think that is so true. I didn't, I hadn't connected those. I think, like, 
Do you know how at the like in the Bible, the capital L O R D yes. is a translation of Yahweh, the right. name of God. And at some point they were being like reverent and they were saying, we wouldn't even utter this because it's so holy. That's right. But somehow throughout the years that translated to there's certain things that you don't speak. And honestly, when I call upon the, when I'm like in the depths and darkness of my soul and I need to call upon a name, the name is Yahweh. You know what I mean? The name is the name of the Lord that I am can boldly approach the throne because of Jesus's work. And I can say that name and it's not like a sin to say that name. So at some point being using something that's serious using a term that's serious became synonymous with sin. And I think that's a dangerous part. So like, obviously dong is a serious word and you only want to use it in serious circumstances. Mm -hmm. But at some point, and I think this started maybe second temple, maybe even before and has moved all the way into American Christianity where like, we're like, Oh yeah. Even uttering the word dong is sinful. Well, this is, this isn't in the New Testament where they started dressing profane language. No. Right. There's profane language and it has mostly to do with your motive. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah. why am I saying dong? In what context am I saying dong? <laughs> What's the, this is the best conversation. In Greek, I believe it's dong elopinus, <laughs> and uh, it means to give length. That's true, though. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. In James, especially, it talks about like don't have coarse jesting, and you know don't speak in anger. And because uh, Paul says filthy menstrual rags. Jesus right. calls a lady, he goes, should we give the food to the dogs? Yeah. And it was, and I love it because you can't give a list either because there's words I say now that back in the day they go, that has no meaning to me. Right. And there's words we're going to say now that eight years from now they'll go, dong. <laughs> like, what? They're like, we call that a trichet. Because <laughs> Britain has taken over the world and That's killed a all of us. It's a, but it is a hard issue. Why are you saying it? Yes. Like, are we saying dong jestfully? A little bit. But are we saying it yeah. with ill intent? Are we saying it to harm? Are we trying to cause someone not? to stumble? Am I trying to be vulgar to emote, to uh, incite Correct. bad images? Am I trying to blaspheme God? Am I trying- yeah. Because that's the thing. I can curse sin and say that sin is, you know, and use a word to describe filth and really be saying like, no, I'm trying to describe the evilness of sin. Or I can be saying, oh, I'm going to say it to show off to these kids. And I'm trying to be prideful. I'm trying to be arrogant. I'm trying to lift myself up. Exactly. Paul Tripp talked about, he goes, we have more freedom than some people know. He goes, but the paradox is we also are called to a higher standard than some know. He goes, so in the right context, we can say some words that would make people blush. He goes, in the wrong context, if we as Christians don't say I love you with the right motive, it's just as sinful. Because we're saying it with pride and maliciousness in our heart. And And it was such a dichotomy to go. Dang, like Paul Tripp broke it down because his son had asked him straight up, like, yeah. well, what are the words that are bad and why are they inherently bad? And he had to walk through it with his 10-year-old going, well, that's a good question. But it was interesting to say that. You have more freedom to say than some people we know, and yet we're held to a higher standard than anyone we know. Yeah, that's, and it's like so – It's a really good point. Just crazy. Um, I've always believed that the word could be potato or avocado – 
or the F word. Yeah. It's not the word. It's the intent. Yeah. A great example is huevos. <laughs> it's a Spanish word. And it means literally eggs. Right. But it's used occasionally in Spanish to mean testicles. And the way that you're saying it, because literally, I have tried to learn Spanish at least 10 times. And I hear somebody say huevos, and I think they're talking about testicles, and it cracks me up. But they're literally saying, no, I'm going to cook some eggs. Yeah. And it's like, what they actually mean by it is what counts. It doesn't, my interpretation doesn't necessarily But is any of that profane? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. So this is where we enter in legalism. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And legalism is always subjective. Hmm. Well, and there's only there's only some things I see where you can make a decent case. It's like, all right, I can name in vain. Like, yeah, I can never blaspheme God in a way that conveys grace. I can't. Um, the reason I draw the line at a lot of like racial slurs is because I believe that violates the Mago Day. I'm dehumanizing them down from where God says, and that to me, a sense is even blaspheming His image. You're digging God. So it's like. Anything that blasphemes God, I don't see how you can see that in a way that... Because you don't sin to extend grace. But to take a subjective word that in our culture and time is bad, that 200 years wasn't, and describe sin that way, yeah, I think you should use strong words. Like if a guy says, yeah, I molested my daughter, I don't... Yeah, you can say that's bad. Or you can say that is and use a word to describe us. And I think totally be in the right to say, no, it is that vulgar and evil. And you are meaning to convey the evilness of something that defies God. I have no guilt or conviction. I I agree with you on that. Ryan Smith. There are emotions with good words. Absolutely. I've heard, and I don't know because I wasn't around 2000 years ago, but I've heard (laughs) when Jesus says brood of vipers, referring to the Pharisees, that that's like, that's like the modern C word. That's like the one of the worst that words you bad, can say. Really, I've heard that. Yeah, I don't know. Was if it that's by true. McManus? But either way, <laughs> no, it wasn't. But it was by somebody with less reputation. But my point is, like, either way, even if it's not that bad, Jesus was expressing through words something that was vile, vile. because he was uh, trying to express how, not be, how yeah. dark and deep that legalism goes. It matched the pain. Yes. yes. And he said that publicly is the crazy thing. He doesn't know. Imagine what. us doing that preaching. If I talk, I even said that once. I was like, if I talked how Paul did, yeah. you wouldn't hear me preach. Cause to, or uh, uh, Jonathan's dad, he says, son of a perverse woman. That's not the original thing. You know what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. He goes, Son of a woman of the he's ma yeah. dude, he's saying some terrible things about his mom. Yeah. Yep. They say some Holy. stuff where you're like to call people dogs who were non Jews back then, that wasn't a co- that wasn't like oh uh, who can no, to call him a dog, that just Yeah, not puppy. Yeah, not <laughs> puppy. It was specific. It and Jesus knew the intent, it just So I mean uh, the the scripture tells us how Jesus looks within. You know, he shines his light. Amen. He cuts through the bone and marrow. Oh, yeah. He's looking for why you do what you do. The rest is just presentation. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of podcasts that I listen to that I I feel like try to push the envelope as far as language They're goes. They're trying to be edgy. I They're don't Christian see the podcasts, it, yeah. but or maybe universalist podcasts, but they... <laughs> 
they try to use uh, some words. And I think you're right, Seth. It's like to be edgy, try to push the envelope and see how far we can go. Because they put in conversations where I'm like, it wasn't even, they just threw it in there. And they're, and sometimes they're even arguing with each other, getting mad. I'm like, oh, you said I'm anger. That's fantastic. Right. Just- but I want to one up all of them right now. And I'm not, I promise I won't edit this. And I'm going to say a word. That I we think we just got a donation for beer, and we're gonna lose all gonna our Kirk Cameron it. money. I'm gonna say it because I want you guys to know that I'm not saying this emotionally for any personal Is it reason. To convey grace, I'm saying this to build up. Okay, to convey grace. Okay, here it comes silly ninny. I hate so much <laughs> what you choose to be. I don't know. For 80 years, I put up with this, Jason. 85 years. I just... Or you vampires. You're going to want me to edit it, but I won't. Do you know I'm that... I'm standing firm. Sean met me because I was getting jumped, and Sean was just smoking his Marlboros, <laughs> ignoring me. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. I had one right now. You were smoking <laughs> know, back we then. Yeah, that's right, Julie. Sean was smoking in elementary. I don't care. You already blame me for him running away. <laughs> What about the question? Sorry, we got, Mom. We got asked Jason the question. You the asked. The question, yeah. The it's question. time to wrap this up. Jason, here's what I want to know. You've experienced a lot of things. Traumatic childhood. Traumatic adolescence. Traumatic adulthood, even. What's better, cake or pie? Pie. Yes! Because he loves the Lord. Yes. Still, we're winning so far, oh, I feel like. So Let good. me be specific. Apple. Yeah, please do. <laughs> apple pie? Is that what you said? Yeah. Now, how much cinnamon would you <laughs> have on that apple pie? Just a dash. That is have the you, best answer. You ever had strawberry rhubarb or no? Yeah, I have. I had, it's good. I had someone from the South actually make it. For, dude, Southern food. Like, if you look past the racism and uh, the murder, dude, Southern food is so dope. There's just, <laughs> so. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> you know, it's like. Southern just, food and Mexican food. I mean, that's dude. all I need. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm so happy to hear you say that. I think that shows that Take you truly Gavin. have been transformed. <laughs> He's been changed by the, the gospel. Has, Not has his whole story, but the cake or pie were like, he is sealed <laughs> by the spirit. That's right. Well, Jason, it was great having you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very uh, much. we got to wrap this up, but I'm curious. Do you have anything else to say or anything I do apologize plug? for Sean bringing up Wangs for like 20 minutes. <laughs> Go ahead. I would say to anybody listening that whatever you might be going through and and whatever may be causing pain could be daily, could be intermittently. Jesus is with you and will heal you. Word. He just, I feel shame. I know. It's like so beautiful. I want to go now and like throw down like idols or cut people who worship but alls. (laughs) (laughs) Tales from the ditch. If you have any questions, <laughs> comments, or suggestions, or if you want to reach out to Pastor Jason, email Mercy. us at talesfromtheditch at gmail.com. And feel free to stop by our website at talesfromtheditch.download, and there you can subscribe or donate 
money, which will be used for alcohol to further this www.elephantintheroom.com. <laughs> Zip it up! Zip it up! Bye!